connecting to the AOC Podcast Network. Enjoy your stay. to the Don Mitchell's Diversity Podcast, the podcast for digital marketing, spoken word, poetry, art, politics, dance, authors, actors, and more. Mama! 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 
Her brown hand holds a plastic water bottle. The other hand holds a granola bar. Mama! She is 78-like, not his mama. She places her hand over his mouth. His sobs fall in her hand. Mama rumbles on the street. She holds him, humming a gospel hymn. One of her rollers slips out and rolls into the brown grass. I roll away on my bike. I lock my doors when I get home. I close the curtains, double lock the doors, then the windows. I'm a black boy, 13. My mama is at work till 3 a.m. The stove doesn't work. The lights are broken. The black, drunken men bang on my doors for mud. A 22 rest under the bed. Mama doesn't need another man in jail. Mama. Mama. I go to the bathroom, look in the mirror. I'm a 13-year-old black boy. I pull out the new razors, the shaving cream. My grandfather died of lung cancer. My uncle was a dirty pimp hanging out on the streets too long until he messed with the wrong person and they blew his brains out. Mm. My father murdered a man for dropping liquor on his new shoes. My brother was a stillborn. Shaving cream is cold on the face. The razor feels right on the skin. The water comes out slow. The pipes haven't been fixed. Then, a cool towel. My features are bold in the mirror. Dark purple skin, full lips. The drunk men are still pounding. I'm a man now, not a boy. The, steer, the tears still come, staining my shaved face. I open the box with the 22, go to the bed. Mama! The word is grimy in their mouths, meaning nothing. I sleep with the gun next to me, pushing out the ghosts of men, the thoughts of them that were never in my life, the understanding that my mama won't be the next to be overtaken in the tide. I am not a real man. I can't protect her. Uncle Rob holds my hands and tells me that the nameless infection in her lungs 
the infection that's already taken away her voice will soon take away her life as well. And the doctors don't know how to help her, and I've grown up too slowly to keep my promise. Number three, Uncle Rob helps me pay for medical school. And at 28, my days are spent memorizing flashcards and cutting through cadavers. I always pay particular attention to the lungs. There's something strange about the black woman I examine, an anomaly, a mucous membrane that coats their lungs like layers of Vaseline. It's ugly and moss green. Number four, they all die before their time, choked by this green slime. And when I look at them, they all have the face of my grandmother. I present my findings to my professor. Number five, my patients cough into petri dishes, black ladies with big purses and lungs full of phlegm. On the door, it says I'm a pulmonologist, but really, I'm a private investigator. I take samples under my microscope and find bacteria full of infectious family secrets. I see it all written on their DNA. Leaders and leaders of sticky phlegm full of my husband has a drinking problem, and William broke my baby's arm, and he stole the money from my account. I prescribe methotrexate for the phlegm and talk therapy for the rest. My recovery rates are abysmal. Number six, the CDC calls it a public health crisis, an epidemic, an epidemic amongst African-American women, a whole population choking. We are silenced by the residue of all the things we cannot say. I see countless women every day who cough, who shuffle, who gasp because of the choking green phlegm of their diminished lung capacity. I tell them to be honest with themselves. I tell them that they will die, that the weight of all they keep inside will eventually choke them. I give them percentages and statistics and risk factors and none of it works. I see them sicken and I watch my grandmother die over and over again. Number seven, a woman walks into my office with a phlegm. I clear my throat and listen to her breathe and make her cough into my petri dish. I run all the tests and the microscope tells me exactly what her daddy did to her mama. I go to grab my pamphlet and my prescription plaque, but then I stop instead. I say, hey, my Uncle Rob died last year, and I tried to cry at his funeral, but I couldn't. I just sat in the church thinking about this time when I was a little girl and he was drunk, and I came into my room and, yeah.
my mother kept on getting drunk, and me, I thought to myself what I had done. My father was killed by the hands of his brother in the same house where I visited. My grandmother didn't like the place, so I left. I'm headed back home all by myself. I remember roll call at four in the morning. My mother woke up the house before dawn. I'm the youngest of 11, so I got spoiled. Our actions heated up like water boiled. My brother and mother start slinging dope. Something with which we could not cope. We moved on to another place, making cash money and fast was the pace then in the time. I decided to drink, I smoked weed, slang dope. I did not think I refused any clues to follow rules. The life I live was the life that I choose. My mother quit drinking, her kidneys went down. She went to dialysis in another town, so town went by way too fast. I was getting drunk like she did in the past. Then my mother had a heart attack and a throat. It felt like swallowing glass down my throat. I said, Mama, if you die, I'm coming with you. She said, no, I don't want you to do that food thing. A year passed by and I got off the game. Cause don't we drink and drove me insane. Then a hard cold dose of reality. My mother done died so desperately then. Thoughts of getting drunk crossed over my head. I fought at God for not taking me instead. Cause the insanity only reminded me of the late 70s on to the 80s. My mother is gone now. My nerves were cracking up. I did not take a 40 pop the top and then turn it up. I dealt with the pain and I walked through the storm. My mother is gone. I want her back at home. I was feeling depressed when I passed the coffin. My parents gone. I want a ghetto orphan. Now listen to the spirit master. God have mercy on your children. I did not pray for a must to come. I should have thanked my Lord for what he's done. Why I didn't want to see her live in vain. I'd do anything to erase the pain. I thought, make some changes, redo the job. But I find it difficult to live. It's hard and these resentments don't make it better. It's not easy to keep my head up. My mind creates thoughts of retaliation. God will judge my situation. Nevertheless, I express regret because the pain I endure, I never forget. My mind's gone. She's also going to be performing in a bit, so. Okay. So this is brand speaking new, like I finished it yesterday. So we gonna see. I haven't heard this out loud. So this is called Bring the Sight to the Harvest. <clears throat> There's a hole in my chest. Maybe spirits would fill it. So I drank what I was worth. Inhaled sweet flowers to perfume my rotting state. I was exhumed from my tomb to awaken my wake. Just when everyone thought someone ought to take my place. And as I rise from the ashes of my self-righteous flames, I am back to my original state. I've got me a clean sleep. I'm back in time for dawn to break and don my crown, locked away in a crate I kept underneath my mattress frame. So they look as I held my book and spoke of days yet to come. I have been banished from kingdom come when I was so close to the fanfare and drums to say, 
we need peace here first. Before they take me away in a hearse to damn humanity with a final curse, I'm left with things to do, to speak, to think, to write of truth, to proclaim, I am the seed of fruit to come, the drop to bring the waves, the spark to bring the flames, the breeze that yields the hurricanes. I found the end and the beginning in the hole in my chest. I do have a poem tonight, it's a, um, it's a little romance poem about long distance relationships. It doesn't have a title. The distance between us kills me. We might as well be on two separate planets. Hell, we are more on little planets than we think. So close yet so far never touching. Maybe just like the planets, if we ever cross into each other, it might be cataclysmic. We cause a big bang and destroy it all. But what if we were two stars? Then our big bang would be beautiful. Our two lights exploding fill the sky with vibrant colors. And from that big bang, we create a new galaxy. We could create new life, and instead of being two stars, we could come one. Let's apply an entire solar system with energy. I think what we have between us is good enough to do such a feat. I'm sure some of this is not scientifically correct. That's just not how things work. There's a lot more to it than just what I'm dreaming about. Maybe instead of being stars, one day we can, be we can close this gap and meet under the night sky, even just for a minute, long enough for us to get these together to feel like something more. Thank you. This dream felt so real until I woke up. 
I woke up looking at the ceiling screaming, why did I have to wake up? Why do I have to walk around smiling in everyone's face? Knowing that I'm crying and dying deep inside and I ask myself the same question every day, why? In the world full of people do I still feel this lonely and I'm always impatiently waiting for at least one day every year where I can feel loved and special like a birthday if only. I didn't feel like I was living a lie like Christopher Columbus Day if only. I just felt like I was good enough. Everyday thoughts like, why do I have to live in this world where people look down on me physically and intellectually start hitting me, so eventually I heard a knock at my door. It was depression. Somebody I never thought I would meet became my new best friend, and it all started when I opened that door and let him in. And when I learned, he was slowly knocking down my confidence level one by one like boarding pins, it was too late. I already fell for the trap. And no, I'm not talking about trap music. I'm talking about the same trap many of us fall for everything that the person needs for us. And it all starts with the same things like, I'm not good enough, I'm ugly, I'm stupid. And to this day, I still fall for those same traps. See, depression is a solid killer. And as many, and as many times as I scream, swiping no swiping, he still cracked up on me like a caterpillar crawling the side of an oak tree and all. I want to do is to be set free. My mind is always dead and going like this is like the flight of a bumblebee. But this is not just a drum line. I said it all. I want to do is to be set free. My mind is always dead and going like this is like the flight of the bumblebee. But this is not just a drum line. It's my life that's on the line. I'm afraid. I may not survive this time. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Please give it up for Sydney. Okay, I wrote this um, in response to the worst pickup line I've ever heard that I've strangely heard from four different guys. Um, <laughs> to the four guys who asked me, Sema, when are you gonna let me hit that? For five seconds, my body froze. Adrenaline rushing through my veins. In a rage, I deducted one inch for every swear hostage on my tongue as I assessed if it's safe to anger you. But now I understand. You want me to pull down your pants, say your name, your full government name. Where's my switch? You see, Ma is right. I am a mother, a Creole one at that. Meaning I backhanded toddlers for less. Who do you think you're talking to, little boy? <laughs> Let me calm down before I can get to my child. <laughs> Since you have a one-track mind, maybe this will help you do it. Boys get lucky. Men get costumes and safe words. No such in union. No harm in lust or honesty. But if you see a conquest, not an equal, you're still a virgin, honestly. Now go to your room until you can learn how to act like, I can't talk, until you can learn how to act like you got some home training.